Welcome to Escape from Plan A. This is Teen, and uh, hey, it's been a while, gentlemen. How's it going, Mike and good. Steve? How are you doing? Good, good. Things have changed. The world well, has changed. It's changed. Usually, it's we, changed. we are all, all able to convene in the evening time, but now it's morning time for you because you are on, on the... Where are you? I am in the special administrative region of Hong Kong. Very nice. Nice. The official name, I believe. The S-A-R. Sorry. The SAR, yes, HKSAR, as nice. they are uh, 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 acron- uh, putting the acronym everywhere on government. Not as a tourist, not, not as, as a visitor. Tourist, no, I have my ID card. Uh, I am a resident, not a permanent resident, but I am a resident. So mm. I have a certain, uh, I have some degree of standing. And that that's because, like, you, you have to have an employer sponsor that, or is that... Uh, almost always the case um there there were there are basically can you explain briefly like what your immigration legal status is in like what are you right now your 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 status and resident status and how does that work yeah yeah so still canadian citizen uh i am a hong kong resident on a long-term visa which i applied for and got under some special program um and that allows me to be here for and it's renewable it's multiple years and so on what's uh, the program is it for like Im- it's like- called it's got some like really corny name but it, it's like some high quality migrant admission scheme a lot of things don't translate <laughs> well i know high i know quality, as opposed to as opposed to i value some, alpha male visa yeah 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 as opposed <laughs> to like the trumpian you know when the, we, we only want the best we don't we don't want them to send their uh this not send their best. Yeah. Um, no, no garbage immigrants. No. Yeah. Exactly. No exactly. scrubs visa. <laughs> they actually tightened the rules after I got in. Um, no. Basically, on a, the higher income scale type visas. Essentially, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and so that is not tied to an individual employer. That's probably the most salient point, right? Because otherwise, so how do you prove that you're high high value or high? There's quality? a whole there's a whole a uh, whole process. Like I had to get. Uh, well, okay. So transcripts is obviously one of the things, and and you have you to, have to like, send go, your transcripts to the government you have to of send, Hong Kong. You, yes, you send your transcripts, and like they have to be from specific. Uh, there's a, there's, yeah, there's like a point system, right? I've so like, but if you if but if you go to like you know, uh, they have some some list of like the schools that they consider to be the top yeah. 100 in the world or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. So they got that. Um, they got. Uh, they is want it a super exclusive list, or is it pretty widespread? Like, just like I mean, it's 150 schools. Oh, like, like 200. Like would my school be on like there? University of Maryland? Like, would I have qualified for that? Actually, that's a good question. I think you might have. I think I think, think, uh, I, think I would have. I, it, like, if you think like, about top 200, is like every every made every flagship uh, state school. Yeah. No? Yeah. 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 Like I'm sure, like UNC and University of Florida and Texas are all on there. If it was top 20, that's a mud. That's you got to be you know pretty. That's pretty tough. That's yeah, pretty tough. tough. But top 200, like, you know, name the top. <clears throat> it's like it, you start to run out of schools, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You have to prove income. You have to prove uh, assets. You have to prove work experience. And you need letters of recommendation from, like, your prior employers and, wow. and so on. And you, Holy you know, shit. So it's like, it's like a whole thing. Like, Was it a pain in the ass to get those rec letters? It was a pain in the ass. It was a pain. I had to call in one or two favors and, and, and stuff like that, right? Wow. It was a pain in the ass. Um, a lot of people don't like drafting grades. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I mean, they don't like, like doing that. Like you can do that, but they have to include, you know, like I had people include their business cards as wow. a form of proof. And, and, you know, oftentimes on company letterhead, right? Like literally on company letterhead. So there's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. So don't commit so any it's, crimes. It's, Exactly. Like it's a, well, yeah, yeah. And they do the background checks and, and, and so on. So it was like a, it's a process, no doubt. It's a process. Um, Crazy reality of immigration, huh? I mean, it's, it's a selective process. It's, they they know what they want. You know, they, they, right after I, I got mine or like pretty soon after I got mine, um, they tighten the rules now so that to qualify, one of the main conditions is that you have to have run a department of at least 50 people. It's like, okay, that's, uh, that's going to be a, a lot shorter of a list now, right? Um, so thankfully, I got in under 
under the old, not quite so quality migrant. Wait, rule. the current one means you had to have fifty people under you. I think so. I th- they tightened the rules. They tightened the rules a lot. Wow, shit! Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, pretty yeah. harsh rule, man. That that's... This, is a, this is a very harsh rule. But I, I wow. think also like um, the interesting demographics of this, right? Um, in the past, in the old days, then I, I think like most of the applicants were, were like from the Anglosphere. Right for this, and there wasn't there was a there was a you know a, a quota, and I think every year it never really reached the quota that much, right? Um, recently, they started lifting the quota because you know people started leaving Hong Kong and so on. And we can get into that, but um, and recently there's been a lot of people from mainland who have applied through this thing, right? And of course, like there's just tons of people there. Right. So the quota fills up fast and so on. And I guess they just decided to start tightening the rules. There's like my sense is that there is a pretty big demographic shift going on here in sort of like the PMC world in Hong Kong. Towards right. Because China, of, towards mainland. China. Mainland. Yeah. And, you know, because there's been so, like a, so your average banker expat from like Sydney or London or something. Right. You're, you're yeah. Yeah. Like Anglo. Yeah. Yeah, like what? Are, how are they in Hong Kong? Are they is is that like a sponsored visa from their company, or yeah, are they also it, coming through the same type of visa, or what? Uh, my guess would be that most of them are on a a, a vanilla work visa, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from from their companies, and and those are fine because like like they work for like, but that's uh, tied to that's specific tied to the employment employer, by a sponsored employer, a sponsoring by a sponsored employer. employer. Yeah. Um, but you know, after enough, you know, a lot of these guys have been here for many years, so they probably have permanent residency. Right. Or they married a local or whatever. Um, Or they, you know, they work for Macquarie and they're here for like two years. And if they, if they're just going to go back to like Macquarie and Sydney or something, right? Yeah. That's funny you say Macquarie. That's exactly what I was thinking about. But yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, that's the other thing. There's a lot more sort of British and quasi British accents. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, yeah. Just like random random British. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like Canadian American. Do you hear a lot of that, like, Malaysian-style, sort of, like, quasi-Asian, Anglo... uh, But I can't distinguish it from, like, Singaporean. Well, it's Uh, Singaporean, Malaysian, pretty much the same. Yeah, I guess it's kind of the same, right? Um, But it's, it's, I don't know, it's all kind of mixed here. What about, like, Hong Kongese themselves? Do they speak, they speak with a little British accent, or no? When they speak English. There are many, especially, I think, in the, you know, PMC land who have done school in the UK, like mm. university in the UK seems to be a very, very, very common thing here. Like I went to, I went to see a, a doctor here, you know, and he's like a local guy. He's like probably 55 or 60. And he was talking, and I was like, this guy is so British. <laughs> he's mm. so British in his accent. <laughs> right? but just, you know, or we have a mutual friend now living in China. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. He went to, he went to, um, I think private school in Hong Kong international yes. school, right yes how come he yes, doesn't speak like with a british accent i figured they would have run that shit like mary poppins <laughs> oh, you gotta have to ask him i don't know <laughs> he sounds like a fucking american he does sound like well but he though i guess american, he, he, american he, went, he, went to, he went to california always... for yeah i think so yeah but that's not going to erase a lifetime of you know british style i mean english. at a certain at a, i think at a certain point you can kind of choose which accent you want right like if you've yeah, been exposed maybe. to enough media and you know, alternative sources of language. Like you can, you can kind of mold your own accent. Mm. I believe that. I believe that. I'm actually going to, um, I'm actually going to, like I could, like I could talk like a surfer all day long if I really wanted to. Okay. Can you do that now? Can you do that now? Oh, bro. I could totally do that. (laughs) I mean, it, it's just you got to get into the mood. You got to get, get into the, the mood, yeah, exactly. into the flow. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. But like, I'm actually, ironically, cause you, you mentioned our mutual friend, uh, over in, uh, the mother, uh, the source land. Uh, I'm actually going to Shenzhen tomorrow. I believe that was the last time uh, the the three of us were there. We saw him in person there. Yes, 2019. 2019. It's been a yep. long time. 2019. Yeah. Shit, right before like, COVID, dude. Right before COVID. I think probably at that point people were already fought, getting sick with COVID, and they. Just I think didn't so. Know what it was. Uh, it yeah. feels like yeah. This this feels like the end point of that era. Now it's like yeah. yes, I'm going back to Shenzhen. And then um, guess what happened? I I flew back. Yeah. Through uh, Wuhan to See? New York City you're, you're, and then came here like, to Elmhurst, New York, your epicenter. Patient, and your initial, America patient zero. This was the first breakout 
of COVID was in Elmhurst. And I'm like, okay, I just came back from Wuhan. What the fuck? Was it me? Did, like, you, what? did you fly on a 737 MAX 8? Yeah. <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, but Hong Kong's a, it's a interesting, interesting, interesting place. So you don't, you're not looking back, man, right? Like you're, you're just a fucking, there, like a, look, you're a I honker mean, now. Okay. <laughs> I don't think there there is you, you just got, you, you got to go forward you got to go forward right like the momentum is uh, like you can't I, go I, I, yeah. look there's yeah like sunk cost fallacy yes but you know at some point it's not all a fallacy right you're you're mm. committed to this now am I uh I I do think in some way though like to, to your point about you're a you're a honky now I I feel like this place is entirely rootless in a sense. Because it's just got so many influences from everywhere, number one. Mm. It's got so many people from everywhere coming in and going out all the time. It's a very transient place in some way. Yeah, right? it was built out of nothing, right? It was built out of nothing. And you know, and also, I do think there is, especially during the British era, there was a deep suppression of any sort of political sense or a deep and a deep suppression of any real sort of like localist identity, which was necessary to, to kind of just even maintain order right until, until most recently, but that's a, kind of a different story. But then, you know, Hong Kong was never a country ever. And so you, you kind of have this, like this, this weird, it's just a, this weird kind of place that only exists for one purpose. And the Hong only Kong thing, or Hong Kong is such a strong identity though. I mean, like it is now, it but only in, well, like during the during the era where, you know, Hong Kong was a sort of like cultural heavyweight, not just in the Sinosphere, but like in the whole world, you know, Hong but Kong. But are you talking about the, the are you talking about eighties, like British 90s? era or not? Or eighties, nineties? The British era, like towards the end of the British era. Yeah, yeah, towards the end of the British era, and that's probably yeah. when they started to let the. That's probably when they started to let the local identity come out. Because remember, they they signed the declaration in nineteen eighty two, so they knew they were leaving. Yeah. Um, but I still think like, yes, there was a bit of that, but it was still in the, like the, 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 the identity was kind of focused on like money. Yeah. There's a, there's a deep worship of money here. Mm. Right. Is it like Dubai in that sense? Like uh, a lot of transients and it's all about money. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never been there, but I feel, well, okay. So well, I, you're I a money part, man. Oh, I don't consider myself as such. No, I'm but I mean, that's just, your job. You're a money I'm a ca- Well, I know, but I'm a, I, I don't have enough capital to truly be a capitalist. So, you know, I'm more of a, I'm a capital a, operator. Capital you're operator. Lackey. Yes, I'm a capitalist sympathizer. Um, I, I mean, I don't know Dubai, but I think like here, be, like, look, the, there was only one, there was only one thing that you could link your identity to, and that was how much money you had, right? And that was probably like the most... You don't think there was a, a sense that that Hong Kong had, was the sort of epicenter or fashioned itself as the epicenter of Southern Chinese Cantonese culture at that time? At that time, I mean, look, I, I can't speak for that time, but I can. I can. It's like, not like everyone based, was based on what English, I see now. They were, they were probably doing movies in Cantonese, but based uh, on what I see now, right? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I ask, I you know, and I try to figure out what do people think. Hong Kong identity is because they 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 call themselves it's it's a such a weird translation because they call themselves Hong Kong people or Hong Kongers but it's it's just an awkward translation of Shanghai Shanghai right? yeah. yeah uh so you can say like Shanghai and Dalurans whatever right um and you you, you kind of ask yourself like well what how do they how do they define that identity in a positive way and I'm not sure that there is one other than yeah, we're we're just not Chinese, right? So it's a negative identity, right? Like, is that, it's just, is that, like, is that you... common there? I thought I thought that that wasn't quite as common as people. No, well, you mean like the sort of the, the sort West? of. Uh, no, I I've talked to a couple people here, and you can feel it. You can feel it. Hmm. You can feel it. Actually, I think in the West, you know, in Toronto, it's actually a little bit less that less like that other than a few maybe exceptional cases mm-hmm. right but like the the, the great masses are not going to be like yeah i'm just going to be like my own island of hong kong people in toronto and dissociate myself from all the other chinese people here so right? that and so, it would be offended so then, if i even phrase it that way 
So then what, what do they think of people like you who are ethnically Chinese, but from the West? Uh, and But I speak better English than them. Right. So, so when, you co- when you go to a place like Hong Kong, like what, what do they see you as? It's a good question. Um, when I, I can, I mean. And what does it say I, about your social status there? I, yeah, I, I don't like you well, get better okay. treatment if you start talking like a Canadian or <laughs> yeah. I people have told me multiple people have told me like to get better service speak Cantonese or English and in my case that I can only the, the, my only choice avoid, would be avoid any sort of Mandarin or right other... yes 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 and this is both this is both like you know very uh, relatively local Cantonese speaking pretty pro West people and you know people from the mainland right have told me the same thing they're just being realistic they're being realistic right. they're just saying like and, how and that really that that kind of that kind of social feeling is definitely palpable right and the way i look mm-hmm. at it i'm just like I, I i on some level i get it but I, on the same level i'm just like look i don't you know my degree of sympathy is ultimately for for, for this is ultimately limited right for various reasons and i think justifiably limited um, I got to think that the hostility to the mainland is actually ideological and class-based rather than cultural because there, there is a pretty strong, uh, antagonism with the people in Guangdong province, right? Like Guangzhou and like, they, they view them as mainland Chinese. This is not about... Cantonese no, this is, it's, it's not really this is about that. No, Hong Kong but, is mainland China, i.e., communist China. Yeah, there's there's definitely that element. I do and think they don't though feel this that way about Taiwanese. I mean, Thai, like, for example, like if 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 I went to Hong Kong and I was speaking Mandarin, but they knew that I was from Taiwan. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, he's okay. He's, okay. he's, okay. Make an he's one of us, me, right? He's, yeah. one of, he's also <laughs> right, right, right. he's one of us. He, he's another. He's that's another capitalist Anglo pig." <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, they, uh, they would say he's another he's another a freedom and democracy person. So, yeah, so well, that's he's the okay. thing. I, I feel like here there's this myth making about in the media, in the Western media, yeah, about there being this essential ethnic difference between Taiwanese who see themselves ethnically different than mainland Chinese as as than. Not even mainland Chinese. As Chinese. we're not even Chinese. Yeah, okay. I know. I know. And then I Hong know. Kong, it's, same thing. It's a new ethnicity and culture. But I got to think that this has more to do with class and 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 um, I, ideology. A, yeah, it it's a political ethnicity. identity. It is a political identity. And it's not it, like people in Hong like, Kong are trying to not speak Cantonese. They love no, of speaking not. Cantonese. They, they're they not going to trade that for English. They're not going to trade that way. They're not going to trade that way. I mean, I think I think like <clears throat> to some extent, Taiwanese identity is also defined in the negative, right? In this, in a similar sense. At least uh, for for you know, especially the stuff that we see on Twitter and and and, and, um, and what super, have you. It's a super confused identity, but yes, it's yes, trying to create right. it out of it's trying to create it out of nothing, out of an. Yeah, they, they have to do all right? this revisionist stuff about how. Yeah, they, yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. And it's just like, look, you know, Fujian Province is like right there. Yeah, and like they start yeah, speaking as like right if they there. were indigenous people. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's actually you're not indigenous to Taiwan. Like, okay, it's fucking <laughs> weird, man. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. weird. Honestly, like. <laughs> it's kind of lame, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, right? But like, yeah, I mean, it's it's your it's kind of deriving your identity from geopolitics instead of like yes. an ethnicity or a yes or like a natural national identity, uh, like a, like a, a true origin, right? It's like, look, my literal origin is because like Daddy America might help me with like a, a revolution, and then therefore I've created my identity as a result of that, right? But I'm I'm um, I am sim- but here's the thing, I'm it's not that I'm sympathetic. I do understand the um, the inbuilt class and ideological hostility between a place like Hong Kong, which is all filled yep. with fucking finance people and real yep. estate moguls versus yep. a fucking communist juggernaut right to your north. That's not going to be an easy sort of it's not it's reconciliation not. there. You know? It's not going to be an easy reconciliation. I think, like, well, I mean, the, the economics of it is going to be tough, too, right? Because. Like one thing that I've noticed about the stuff, because okay, you see how much stuff costs here, and you ask yourself, why are some things the same price? Why are some things cheaper? Why are some things more expensive? Relative right? to Canada. Relative to China? relative to Canada. Relative mm-hmm. to Canada, right? 
I haven't spent enough time in 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 China to to like really get a really good feel for it. Um, and basically, it's like it all just purely comes everything. down rent, to rent, food, clothing, furniture. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all space, like a mattress. Here, we paid, admittedly, a pretty solid, good mattress, right? But we paid about four or five x what we would what it would cost in Canada. And I wow. asked a few other people, and it was like, oh yeah, that's a normal price. I'm like, okay, wow. why is it? It's a freaking. It's made in China. The shipping cost is. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's right there. It's right there. Are the, the shipping... uh, are the foam mattresses that compress down for shipping cheaper? Oh, that's a than good question. That is the a regular good ones. <laughs> um, that is a really good question. I don't know, but yeah, you point as you point out, right? Like it, it's all about it's all about space. It's a hundred percent about space. And then you even you even look at like the cost of tr- of 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 chicken versus beef. Beef costs like. Chicken here is kind of the same price as Canada. Okay. Beef is like uh, three, four times. Wow. Because cows take space. So everything is Why imported. do cows take space? What does that mean? They got to graze. Like chickens, you can just kind of raise. Yeah, but don't like they a... graze in Australia? They don't graze in Hong Kong. Yeah, well, then you got to ship it in and stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. you, you can, you like. Yeah, that, I mean, North America, though, has like uniquely cheap beef prices. Uniquely cheap beef, yes. Yeah. Yes. Actually, mainland's not bad, but I think they just like. Wait, Stop how much does beef, beef cost? Though? Like, how much does uh, ground beef or something cost? Like, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm losing the conversion, but like, just remember, every time I look at it in the store, I'm like, what the fuck is going? Are you on? talking about two x the price of Canada? Four? Oh, two x would be cheap. Two x would be cheap wow. if you quality adjust it to like what I would pay at Costco. Like, in would Toronto. you? Could you? Could you see yourself paying twenty five dollars a pound for 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 beef? Ground beef? No, uh, not ground. Like, well, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean. Oh, 25 bucks a pound. Uh, like, like something cheap. Like, okay. Like flank steak. I can't believe we're talking about this. Oh, flank steak. Like, I'm so curious. Flank steak here in my neighborhood in New York City yeah. costs $10 a pound. Okay. US. Uh, I have in my kitchen a not very, I don't know how big it is, but it's a not very big piece of ribeye. Pretty thin. Well, ribeye is much more expensive, but yeah. Um, pretty thin. Not especially large amounts of marbling, and it, I think it was like seventy-two Hong Kong dollars, and that's on the low end. So seventy-two—that's like it's about ten, 10 bucks. bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. but it's like it's it's not bad, but it's like not a very good cut of meat. I'll tell you that. It, it's like you, you look for the marbling, and it's like it's not there. What right? about so like you, hot pot beef? Quality, you know, thin, thinly oh, the, the thin sliced stuff. Yeah, yeah that's probably that? reasonable. That's probably reasonably cheap. I I, I, can't, I haven't found it anywhere. We're paying thirteen like bucks that. a pound for that. What this is going to? De- I mean, this is going to depend a lot on like the trade negotiations that are currently in place too. Like, if you can get beef from South America, it's probably going to be cheaper. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, for hot that pot, month hot pot beef is thirteen dollars a pound in the U.S. Okay, I don't, okay. Uh, maybe maybe life in America is truly becoming. It's getting bad, expensive. I'm saying, yeah, it's pretty yeah. expensive. It's very it's very expensive now. Yeah, but, and that's but, probably the cheapest that you can get. You can find it. I mean, I'm talking about yeah. a Chinese grocery store that moves large amounts of this stuff and has very price sensitive costs. Yeah, exactly. But, but I just want to go back to your, to your original point about like this, this, the, 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 t- the class kind of tension, right? Yeah, yeah. If you look across the border in Shenzhen and it's a 15 minute, it's a 15 minute ride. Yeah. Do you remember one, when you and I five. were in that park in Shenzhen and we could see Hong Kong? You could literally see it. Over like, the water. You, you know, yeah. you, you could literally you could swim see there. You could yeah. probably swim there. Right? You could swim there. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, you know, you can take the subway. Like the, the <laughs> proper, you can take the subway to Shenzhen. If you, if you fall asleep on the subway, you end up in Hong Kong. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, Is there any prices control? are? Th- yeah, there's border control, right? Oh, okay. So there's there's like a special station and 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 that right, kind of, right. kind of stuff, right? But it is so close. Costs and, and keep in mind, Shenzhen is a tier one, or now they call it like a super tier one city in China. It's not a cheap place in China, right? The costs there are so much cheaper. It's like a third to go out for dinner, maybe a fifth wow. to go out for dinner, and the food is better. Um, the stuff that you can just get on Taobao is way better. E-commerce, by the way, e-commerce in Hong Kong success. Like the local hmm. e-commerce, like I have mostly been ordering my stuff on Amazon US and on uh, Taobao. And then we have Amazon like a company. US? Yes, US Amazon. Will ship. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that will ship to Hong Kong for free if you if you oh, get over right because you're shipping yeah. to HK. Right, right, right. You're shipping okay. to HK. Yeah, and it, over fifty US dollars, a lot of stuff will ship for free. Um, I guess because gotcha. a lot of it's actually just coming from China. So, um, but yeah, like like stuff is just so much cheaper in a city that you get more space in. You have 
I think better. What food do you think allows? Is it is it simply that legal border that's making that propping this sort of disparity up, or you know, because I, I, I imagine if if the if the border opened up and you didn't really have a national border or a, a legal right. border, that, uh, that things would like, start to normalize. You would, yeah, you would get price equil- equilibrium over time. I think you will start to see that because there there's there's clear sort of movement in services like you know people hong kong hong kong people can go they go to shenzhen on the weekend to party to buy stuff to go to freaking costco right and then they bring stuff back here and they spend less here as a result right and they they do their entertainment there um there's services that will like you can you can have like cross-border food delivery okay like they, they, you can, you can order from a restaurant in Shenzhen. Some dude will go wow. and pick it up and meet you at an MTR station here, like 45 minutes later and give you a bag of food <laughs> and give you a bag of food. It's and the, the, there's a huge premium percentage wise on it, but like sure. the baseline is so much lower that it, right. you don't care. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and there's, there are people who commute every single day. Right from Shenzhen. This is like West Berlin, East Berlin, or some shit. <laughs> yeah, except with like, except with like only a. It's well, that, not, a, it's not like a, just, it's not a high wall. It's like a one foot little wall. Well, yeah. Right? Instead of a checkpoint, Charlie, the, it's like an MTR station. This yeah. also happens in the Middle East, where um, like Dubai residents will go across the border to some other country where partying is a little bit more lax, let's say. Yeah, yeah. and then they'll spend their weekends. You know, over there partying and then come back to Dubai where everything's. I thought it was the other way. I thought it was like Saudis going to Dubai to party. Or like, Uh, what's the country? There's some other country over there that oh, um, like the party. Bahrain. Bahrain. Yeah, I think it's Bahrain. Yeah, Yeah, Bahrain. The the more uh, uh, looser interpretation of uh, of Islam. Something like that. Yeah. 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 It's like the Vegas of the area, right? Yeah. Anything, yeah. What yeah. stays? What happens in Bahrain stays in Bahrain. <laughs> Bahrain. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, like I think you know that's that's part of the that's part of the tension, right? Like you can't. This Hong Kong is too, you, like the geography of this place. It's nuts, man. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's it's all mountains, and uh, you know they for whatever reason they've they've restricted development in a lot of things. And admittedly, a lot of it's kind of hard to develop because it's mountains, right? Um, but you just look at the general topography of this place and it feels like it should not be as big as it shouldn't be as many people. And it, the size of the economy should not be as large as it is. Right. Because it simply doesn't support that. The only reason why it got this big is because of its, let's say unique history. Right. And it's core function as a way to get money in and out of China under yeah, it's a sta- British it's, common law it's bubble. A, it's a staging it's a capital, ground. For- it's a staging ground for Western capital. Yes. For really Anglo yeah. capital. Anglo yeah. capital, I should say, right? Yeah. Um, and it's that a, it's is a capital in, port. It's a port for capital. That's right. That's right. And it's kind of like a that like specifically for Anglo capital is in structural decline. That's in, like via V China is in structural decline. So hmm. it's the city is gonna have to find a new thing. Right. That I'm a hundred percent sure of. But I feel like I feel like it's still kind of going to be a bridge because China doesn't want to fully liberalize its capital markets to the world. It doesn't, yeah, it still kind of wants to like have this sort of single point of entry, and they still and there's no reason to not have it in this special right. autonomous region. Yeah, because uh, all the infrastructure yeah. is there. All the I think they just want to have more control over it, right? They're well, saying, that's, I think so. Yeah, I it's, think so. It's the it's the same reason you have a physical port. You can you can have a monetary port or a yes. fiscal port this, yes. in the same fashion. Yes, they, I, yeah, I, they I, still want foreign. True. They still want foreign money. They still want foreign through. capital, and foreign capital is prop. Well, at least the the sort of the the liquid capital, right? Is still probably going to go in under British common law sort of infrastructure. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you have um, basically an Anglo legal infrastructure there, so you could stage your capital, but the capital feels nice and at home. It doesn't. It's not like, whoa, I'm in communist China. You're like, don't yeah, worry, you're yeah. in the special but, autonomous but, I region. Mean, you're still you subject can, you to can take, like you you can see easily like a 20, 30, 40 percent reduction in that kind of business, right? Given the current situation, and mm-hmm. it, you know, you 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 take yeah. that lop off of revenue, it's going to hurt. If you look at the Hong Kong government's 
actual there ain't, books. And they're not dictating shit to China. I mean, like, it used to be they could no, probably no. dictate some terms to China to be like, look, this is how it's going to happen. If you want capital, you're going to have That's to right. abide by these That's HK right. rules. And now it's like, yep, Things, yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's a very, let's call it a delicate balance there. But yeah. you, if you look at Hong Kong governments, like, uh, if you look at their books, revenues are not growing. Mm. Yeah. Right. Expenses are growing. But it's not going to be the death of Hong Kong. I mean, I think Hong Kong is still going to serve its legacy purpose for a while. It's going to serve this purpose for a while. All those fucking expat bankers ain't going anywhere. You remember when they were all like, if they pass the national security law, I'm going to veto Uh, with my feet. I'm going back to Britain. And none of them fucking left. They all kept their expat bankers. A bunch of them have come back. But it's it's like, it's kind of like, look, if you were... If, 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 if things were being built on the assumption of 10% growth and now it's zero, you're going to have an adjustment process. Mm. And that can be a very painful adjustment process. And China's slowing right. down too. I mean, like it by is. all accounts, it seems like China really has some uh, real economic some headwinds right now. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that, that's because, that's, you know, real estate can't go on. So you got to find. Yeah, a new they're probably thing, in like right? the 2010 equivalent era. Yeah, right I now. think so. I think so. That's a good analogy. Uh, well, I, I, it sounds like we're kind of going through similar th- things right now, where they're the people who are hurting there. I I understand are actually sort of these professional class, at, mm-hmm. you know, especially the younger types that are coming out of mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. and for a while that was like your golden meal ticket. Mm-hmm. to to having a you know a high paying white collar job and now I'm finding I'm hearing that a lot of them can't find yep. work that is commensurate to what they were expecting based on their training and 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 education background insane levels of studying yeah, yes exactly and that a lot of people who were had their foot in the door are now being shown the exit so yeah like seems layoffs could be happening too layoffs yeah yeah and yeah. and uh and um, it, the pattern's holding here. We don't have an unemployment problem. Like our employment rate is very high or unemployment rate is very low. Um, but you hear, you know, I, every, all my friends are scared. Uh, the finance sector is getting ravaged. Tech is getting, I don't know if it's ravaged is the right word, but. Nervous. Nervous. I mean, there's significant layoffs being announced all the time in both tech every and day. finance. Yeah. Uh, Citibank is shedding 10% of its global workforce. Ten percent. That's like that's pretty big. That's pretty big. That's big. Ten percent. That's pretty big. Because the city is like massive. So yeah, and, uh, and there's stealth layoffs all over the place, and Google's been laying off, and da, 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 da. Amazon, I think, even laid off, mm. and the unemployment rate is untouched because this is like n- probably relative to the total workforce. This is not a lot of people, but we are talking about highly paid professional yeah. managerial class yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. I can only speak to tech, but I mean, we haven't had a real wave of layoffs uh, or any kind of hard times since, you know, 2008. And even even in 2008, it wasn't that bad in tech. It probably wasn't as bad as the dot com bubble. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as dot com. So like you could say that like there hasn't been a real reckoning in technology since 2001. And the the entire cohort of a lot of millennials and, you know, um, some Gen X's have just never, they've never seen uh, a bad economic environment and it's going to be, or, you know, at least industry specific. So, um, I mean, I, I saw what happened in 2001 and I think it's just going to repeat, except just a little bit more slowly this time. Like it's not all going to implode at once. It's just going to be like a gradual shedding of excess capacity and like $300,000 email jobs. Um <laughs> Until until there's some kind of equilibrium reached, because that's going like, to be painful too. That's I mean, it's going to be painful. That might even be of... more painful than a sudden pop where there's a there's like an acute crisis and then yeah we, we kind of get over it. But oh, it's going like to be more ongoing bleed. Yeah, there's there's going to be more angst and anxiety and all that stuff. But I mean, dude, a lot of people in this industry or in my in, uh, in the software technology, whatever sort of like non hard science STEM fields. They just make too much money, dude. Like they, yep. they don't yep. really deserve their money and they're not very good at their jobs. And they fashion these lifestyles that are not commensurate. With Once their, profitability like, becomes uh, a, a, and that's, you know, that's the funny thing. A lot of people who talk about capitalism and, and this are always like, oh, you know, it's profits over everything. I'm like, it's not. They don't really care about profits. 
when interest rates are that low <laughs> and yeah. you know you, you can, can just string it along it. Yeah, it, yeah look refinancing like they don't care about profits but once you get an interest rate and you know profit margins do matter uh yeah that's when a lot of the 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 unnecessary but highly paid uh the fluff fluff yeah they get yeah, cut you know yeah yeah so yeah a lot of people have like set up their lives and you know got married <laughs> and all this stuff under the guise of like a 500 plus thousand dollar household income and that's just gonna that's not that's not reality so it's, it's that's, gonna a, be that's gonna be a lot of pain dude because like yeah, it's gonna be painful and shitty yeah mm. what so steve like i feel like a lot mm. of people you know more and more people have been reaching out to me mm. about um, you know, there's even like, you know, fr- people I know who are like setting up, um, sort of expat networks of like Asian diaspora from the West who are like relocating to, yeah, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Like this is like a like a mini cultural phenomenon, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, very low key, but like it's happening. Yeah. But here's my question: is 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 Asia and the sinosphere all it's cracked up to be? Is there more opportunity there or is these or is the advantage some softer thing that's that's cultural or social in nature and and or is it is it both is it like well but it's also boom times here and there the this is the land of opportunity um i mean for me for me there was definitely a significant call it soft element involved in making this move if i just purely look at the job and you ask, like, basically you ask the hypothetical question, would I have moved here um, if I was living in Singapore and not Toronto? Or would I have moved here if I was white for this job at these parameters? The answer is probably no. I would have thought about it, but the answer is probably no. Um, so there has to be that that soft element to it. I do think that you know, the the extent to which you will find better opportunity here depends a lot on 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 your current situation. I think it, I think it is still kind of more micro rather than macro on there. Right. But the macro situation is especially for like the white, you know, white collar PMC world here at this present time is not especially amazing. Right. Um, but there's, there's also some give and take because Toronto is also kind of shitty and, and so on and so on. Right. But um, I but I like I think. The, at least for us, but I suspect that it is a relatively common thread in many of these stories about people who want to uh, uh, go back, so to speak, is that I did not see a future in the West that I was sort of willing to take. Right, based on my family situation, based on what I value, and so on, right, and based on my read of the situation, that path there was a path towards greater assimilation that was available. Like you could you could look at me in Toronto and my family and be like, you are probably in the top decile of of assimilation parameters, right? And there's a there's a there's a forward. You mean getting into the right kind of college, yeah, getting into yeah, the right, right kind of profession, kind of college, you know, buying a house in the right neighborhood, right neighborhood, very fluent English. The kids will grow up, you know, whatever. Having right? shitlit so, tendencies. You know, well, even being in Toronto is is part of is part of that function, right? Um, and I could, but I could not see a forward path there that I was I was happy with, and that's a very subjective decision. Making right? poor and choices they, in cars. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A white Tesla model three. Um, so <laughs> I think <laughs> I go into UC, uh, what is it? UCI. But yeah, like, it, like it literally I just, I saw it and I was like, okay, this is as far as it goes. And I'm not, I see the limitations. I see the costs. And I just said, no. And so I left. And on some level, it's as simple as that. Um, and here, well, do I see a path to me being a local Hong Konger? Not really. I don't even know what that really means. 
I used to think Hong Kong is a very rootless place for rootless people. Like it probably Americans. makes it easier for you to adjust. I think it actually does. I think yeah. it actually does because I am, I see Toronto's, this place. I'm just like, Toronto's rootless. It's just sort of like, Toronto's a, rootless. that's right. So I actually think like if, if you're, if you're like a, a Chinese American guy, a Chinese Canadian guy in like Toronto, Hong Kong is like your, 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 your just like this slightly altered world, but it's kind of the same. It's actually kind of the same in that way. Right. So it's actually, you're not, you're certainly not the only foreigner. That's for sure. That's right. But now I have a launch pad. In fact, you're probably less else. foreign than a lot of people who have lived there for a so. long time. I think so. Because think you're, so. you got a Chinese so. face, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like I, I can be, I can be a bit of a chameleon here. Right. In the same sense that I can actually kind of be a little bit of a chameleon in, in, in Toronto as well. I just like, I saw, I saw the potential pass out of Toronto and I said no. And so I took the bag, of, I took the bag of marbles and I shook them and shuffled them. And I, and now I'm here and we'll see. Right. So I have no regrets about coming here despite the challenges, but I don't know what the future holds other than to say, you know, I shook it up. I shook it up. And, and my, my goal is to set my kids up with greater optionality and a wider perspective on things. I think uh, the big change is for your daughters, right? Because yes, I think so. Um, the, you're, you you are who you are and like you move to Hong Kong or you in Toronto. It doesn't really make much of a difference. You're, you're baked. You're fully yeah. baked. Yeah, that's but true. your kids, that's true. Uh, that's yes, a huge there, there's a huge impact in, on their development. Yes, that's right. going to be a yeah, huge that's impact. That's massive. Uh, yeah. And I think and, like, you know, just, for, I, just knowing Canada, you know, exactly. And t- yeah. take an example. We're we're going to be in uh, Guangzhou for 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 Chinese New Year's week. Uh, I think second week of February. Right. I have never been in China during Chinese New Year's except for like like one one year in 24, uh, 2013 or 14 when I was already like you know, fully grown adult, right? They're going to go as kids and see all their, you know, extended mm-hmm. family and go through like the they're whole gonna, They're going to be reintegrated into the... They're going to be reintegrated on some level. Family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is kind of, this is... You're going to your, what, your oh, So you're going to be at yeah. your in-laws. Wife's place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And this is a big part of the reason. Like our, we, we go to mainland a lot now, right? Because it's kind of right there. And it, and we're right here. Have you been right? flying? Because I saw you went skiing and stuff. Did you fly or did you take the? Yeah, that was flying. That was okay. flying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But like so, you know, a mix of train and and flights and, and whatever. Is it cheap but like, to, we've gone. Uh, the flights cheap. And- I, I I did buy one ticket to for the ski trip, and I was like, at the end, I looked at it, and I'm like, is this for one ticket or four? I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> like, you're talking about the ski pass or the plane ticket? No, no, no. The the plane ticket. The plane oh, ticket. The plane ticket. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, well, oh, what was it? Was it one or four? It was four. It was oh, okay. So it's it cheap. was four. It was yeah. four people. I think it was four people round trip, mm. and about a, the same kind of distance uh, that would be like Toronto to Vancouver, almost. Holy shit! Really? Wow. That's a, yeah. like a six-hour flight. That kind of thing. Uh, not quite. Like four and a half. Four and a half total right. distance. Still, right. Holy shit! Okay. I paid eight thousand ish, maybe nine thousand Hong Kong dollars. Right. So like a, a grand, less than three hundred dollars per person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's that's like. That's have you seen any energy. of the? Are they are they flying that the Comac Chinese oh, the, planes yet? Uh, they are flying them, but there's so few of them around that yeah. I think it didn't. Yeah, no, I, it's um, wild. We had we just like the usual Airbus and seven thirty seven, eight hundred, not a Max eight or a Max nine. <laughs> um, you see a seven four seven. You see a seven four seven caught on fire here in Miami. Really? What yeah, there's video on? of it flying. Yeah, it, was a, it, it looks was like a, a fucking. It looks like a fucking. Boeing has not had UFO. a good time. Boeing is having a terrible time. Yeah, Boeing not has not time. had a good time. Hey, was that Malaysia Airlines flight also a Boeing? Yes. Yeah, oh, it was shit. a seven forty seven. Yeah. Damn. But that that I'm not sure. I know the, that that plane, perhaps that not plane been, related, but it just kind of. They might, I think they flew into a different dimension. Uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about that one. So it's not where they are; it's when they are. It's when they are. <laughs> they're gonna yeah, they're gonna they're gonna reappear in like. 2072 yeah uh, or they're gonna dig up some fucking jurassic era fossils of a fucking boeing airliner. <laughs> yeah 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 well, how did this happen how the carbon dated it's like three thousand years old and then you get it yeah and then you get that like dramatic music and it's like oh uh, yeah that would that would screw you up but yeah um actually um we have since heard of another one of our friends who is looking into moving to hong kong oh shit yeah. you're starting a trend we are, we are starting a trend. Yeah. Like, like, you know, friends from, friends from Toronto. All right. So there's, there's, and my wife's met a couple of other. Let, let me get, is it, are they, are they like you, like wife from 
Asia locally born Canadian dude or are they both? Uh, like, what's their deal? I'm not curious. exactly, but I think if you kind of average out all those parameters, it's kind of the same. What does that right? mean? Like, it, like it, you know, in, in this case, it might have been like the husband grew uh, grew up for five years or six years in Hong Kong and then, you know, whatever. And the wife's from like Malaysia or Taiwan or, 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 or wherever, right? But she's um, she's more native Asian than he is. I think, I mean, in this case, they're they're both pretty second gen or 1.5. Oh, okay. Right? right. That's interesting. Um, but like if in, in Toronto, they would fit in 100%, mm. like 100, 100% and would have 100% fluent English, right? But they still speak Cantonese or Mandarin or something. And it's like a that. permanent move out to and with kids? With kids, wow. similar age kids. Uh, and they're looking into this. And I um yeah, and they said that they had been actually looking into this for a couple of years, but just uh that we kind of inspired them to Wow. To, no yeah. shit. So, really? Yeah, I know. We're oh, yeah. Um Wow. So there is a bit of that trend. Well, at least from my little personal circles, which might be totally self-selected. And, and this guy has fifty people reporting to him. Uh, no, no, no. But he, <laughs> but he was, I mean, he's he's born here, right? So he still has a passport. So oh, can, lucky him! Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, you remember that episode you guys did um, about like us and them? I think it was called mm, right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like to me. It's like, just, who are these? Who are these diaspora you, Asians that piss me off you, so much? Who are these people? Right. It's like, do you? And uh, to me, like, it, it maybe not be exactly accurate, but I think it just comes down to like your chosen path and how hard you go down the assimilation train, right? Like how, to 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 my mind, like dedicated to the point of being a complete lackey, um, you are on that path, versus how much you reject that path. And I rejected it so much that I went over. I, like I, I literally moved across the world. Let, let me. Okay, so I've been reading uh, and following this guy lately, who's very interesting. He's a Korean German. Mm, he, right. he moved. Okay. He was born and raised in Korea. Moved to Germany at the age of twenty-two. Okay. And is full on basically like German. He's like he he says like look. I, I think he described himself. He's like he's a philosopher, right? Puts out, okay. he writes books. <laughs> okay, I, I'm a self-described philosopher. No, no, I mean, like he's a philosophy professor. Oh, okay, so yeah, he's like he's, yeah, he's, right. he's well, Germany's the Germany's the place to be. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's Germany's true. Place that's to be, a long line you know, of philosophers. Yes, yeah. yes. Like he has the credentials of an actual legit philosopher. Mm, let's mm. Put it that way. I should have said he's a. Both cultures prof- do love cabbage. He's a so professor of philosophy in in Berlin. Yeah, and. He's fully German. He prefers writing in German. He doesn't mm. deny, but he he doesn't deny being Korean at all. Mm. But he was just like, I love the German language and mm. I love German culture and stuff. Mm. And he's German. He's just he's just German, you know. Mm. And mm. Um, mm. but I don't get the sense, the same sense from him that mm. he's in a quote assimilationist, even though that's what he is. Because being German mm. actually means something. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? He's yeah, part it's... of a German philosophical and intellectual tradition, and he really respects and is part of that tradition now. And in Germany, they see him as part of that, as part of their cultural tradition. Whereas, is it because he has stand, like he has a certain kind of standing? No, I think because yeah. Germany has culture. <laughs> like to assimilate into German <laughs> culture actually means something. You know, and and he's like so Western, like he loves classical music and, he, you know, like Western classical. music. He's a very he's a Western guy. Right. Yeah. But I, he doesn't strike me as having that diasporoid mentality of the, what we call assimilationists because he's because he's because he's got legs to stand on and because he's German. Yeah, he's he's. A well, OK, no, no. I, I, yeah, I think I, I, he I'm still, versus I'm a Canadian or an American. Like, it's you know what I mean? It's different. Um, Germany has their own sort of strong cultural tradition whereas in america and canada uh i feel like when we say assimilationist i actually feel like that just means like you're like yeah fuck culture i don't i don't i don't need culture i just make shit up you know yeah you're like you're you're saying you're assimilating into some kind of very thin culture but well okay and i'm saying that you're just losing the concept of culture altogether yeah it's it's more like you're assimilating into popular culture not not any kind of like national or ethnic like history yeah you're just becoming like a 
sort of shallow, you know, basic bitch. But do you, um, because you know, because German philosopher. I, I mean, Mike mentions the popular culture thing. Like to, to me, the assimilation. I, I guess I was kind of more focused on you know the types who. The types who assimilate, but they're like assimilate. I don't know, kind of corny, but like high end assimilation. Like they become a, they become, they're trying to become like a New York Times journalist, or they're becoming, they're trying to join the State Department, right? Or they're trying to become a professor of AI and it, at at like whatever, right? But be just one hundred percent in on the on the America train, right? But. I don't like, know. Do you the think AI that anything... part, I'm not so sure about that one. Well, okay, maybe that, that may be a bad example. That may yeah. be a bad example. But the other side, like, I agree. I don't know. Like, 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 like a professor law. of Asian yeah. studies, a professor of Asian yeah, studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah, would yeah, like a like, Yale law assimilation, mm-hmm. but with a certain social and with a class aspirational thing. Right. But see, I As think actually, to, I like pizza and burgers. No, no, no. But actually, no. Well, my my problem isn't pizza and burgers. I mean, I'm sure this German guy likes currywurst. Yeah, yeah, but. My, it's not the food. It's not you know. It, I think it's more that you become this sort of like free free agent shitlib, and they have a sort of useful idiot quality to them. You know, like um, they'll kind of say whatever they need to say to get paid, and yeah, okay, they'll they'll fair. do whatever it takes. They're, what they really are, they're not assimilationists. They're not white aspirants or whatever. They don't even know what that means. They're just class aspirants they, they all they just want to move up the the ladder Stri- they're I mean, strivers they're strivers yeah without any sort of sense of deeper identity because that's american quote culture whereas i think even with like asian diaspora that moved to europe like they just seem more actually like if you see like asian french people or or asian uh uh there's not many asian spanish but like asian german or whatever i have i have uh-huh. uh cousins that grew up in germany like uh-huh. it's different like i'm just like they're just germans I, you know what i mean like uh, they're not shit libs I mean, they're, they're just german <laughs> not to say that there aren't <laughs> shit libs in german in germany but i'm just saying like there is a there is a quality to them uh, where i'm like this name? person Ur- is ursula german. von der leyen um she grew, she spent a lot of time in america though so maybe yes. maybe that that does uh reinforce she had a different point. name when she was here uh, did she yeah. <laughs> really? Name. Yeah. Different. Completely different last name. Um, <laughs> That's actually kind of lame. Don't ask me why. But yeah. but I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But I, I'm just saying that like the the I, I still believe that you're. I feel it's not simply do I want to be Canadian or do I want to be um, Chinese or Hong Kong Hong Konger, but that. It's almost like, do I want to be anything, or do I want to just be like this? Do I just want money? Yeah. Do I just want to be yeah. sort of like a rootless? Yeah. Complete, well, I guess you say Hong Kong's rootless, but maybe we can compare that the, the rootlessness of Hong Kong versus the rootlessness of Toronto. But like, I do. I'm I'm been hard on this idea for a while, which is that the 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 cultural condition in America, we do not we're not just another culture on this earth. But but with some idiosyncrasies that you know maybe make us a little bit more shallow or or whatever, mm. Mm. we we are actually like qualitatively different in the sense that we don't actually have a foundational identity. Like we are whatever the fuck you want to be, <laughs> you can say whatever you want, doesn't matter. You know there is no center here. Whereas in uh, in Germany there is a much more centered and shared conception of what being German means. Yeah. That doesn't exist here in Canada. And in China, there's definitely a very strong... There's definitely that, yeah. You know, sense of what... China, See, and even in Hong Kong, thing, even though it's rootless, everyone in Hong Kong at least recognizes that about China. I think. That they what, know what Chinese means. Do you think that... Do you think that there is a... that that Okay, to what... Where, where does the UK fall on the spectrum? There, you? There, that, you know, I think that the UK is actually different from America. There see I think that London as a as a cosmopolitan city that that is has become one of the major hubs of uh, mm. money laundering globally. Mm. Um outside of this metropolitan uh area that there's still a very strong sense of British identity. Mm. And and that's what Brexit was about was we don't want to be Europeanized into this bland Brussels vision of Europeanism. 
we want to be fucking British. And we know mm. they know we know what British sounds like. We know what it looks like. We know what we what we eat. We know what we say. We you know whatever. They have a very strong sense of British <coughs> Britishness. But in America, <clears throat> it kind of exists. But most the thing is like that 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 metropolitanization of a culture in America. Uh, as well as just the sheer volume of immigration um, and then cultural change. And then you mix that in with things like social media and stuff. And there, there, there is no, in my opinion, Americanness the way there is Britishness. And I almost wonder if Hong Kongers, because of that, their connection to Britain, um, if, if that's kind of part of the reason why, you know, they're so, they're they're so some some of them anyway fixated so much on British culture because at least they know what it means. At least I don't really see there. You really don't see a lot of like very like rah rah pro Americanism. I would guess here no not not so much. There, there's no. more like no. rah rah. I'm actually British. I would think than I'm actually American. Yeah. I don't think anyone yeah, actually true. aspires to be American because not not because it's a low low status thing, but because nobody has any idea what the fuck that means. <clears throat> Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it, it, it's it's hard for me to dissociate that just given the the colonial history here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I I, it, I it, mean for a ve- for a very long world, time, world, right? Yeah, for a very long time, the the biggest perk of being an American was simply having the passport, right? Like right, it, like they didn't people who came here aspired to a have the passport so that they could travel with more freedom than most people in the world. And then right. so it was a always come back. Thing. Yeah. It was a practical thing. Like they could always come back yeah. to the U S where, you know, rule of law and all that stuff that is kind of eroding, um, used to be strong. And my, then, my theory also is, I think that, but it's not, there wasn't really like a cultural thing. Yeah. My theory is that a lot of Americans, um, especially in Asia, like expats and stuff or, or visitors, like I think that American, particularly like white Americans, you know, because, I think most most people think of Americans as white. And mm. um <clears throat> I think that a lot of Americans um particularly ones that traveled abroad or lived abroad I suspect that they didn't know who they were either. They didn't really know. But they became screens onto which foreigners were able to project some sort of like of their own fantasy expectation of what Americans were. That they derive from movie. I mean, I think like Americans were given a lot of benefit of the doubt and worldwide because like America was so straight. Like because America kind of came out of nowhere in in terms mm. of uh, the in context to history, right? Like America was an almost like an overnight success in the twentieth century. Yeah, because of World War Two. Because of World War Two. And I think that a lot of the world was kind of saw us as like these weird aliens, not us white Americans, right? As these as these alien species that like came to Earth and are living in the fucking future, and they're well, they're rich as fuck and they're powerful as fuck, but we don't know anything about these people. And then that allowed them to transfer whatever sort of fantasies and ideas that they had in their own head about Americans. And that's what Americans were. And so they were just kind of like coasting on other people's imaginations of them. But they didn't actually know, had come from a very strong sense of who they were. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I guess part of that has to be, you know, th- there, was, there was this idea that you could simply go and become American. And it was, it was, it was actually kind of, uh, in a way, in a lot of ways still, it's a very open society in that way. Yes. Right. Like it, is, it, it does sure. assimilate very, very well. And that is definitively powerful, but because they, there's nothing it, for you to assimilate into. The, well, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's just your bank account. Right? I mean, the, the most like, like the most waspy interpretation of America in terms of subculture is very, very close to English, right? Like it's, yeah, but that's, and, I mean, that's, that's such a, that's very, it feels niche. It's kind of niche. Right? It's so niche. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's one of many, 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 many subcultures yeah. that, that exist in America. Just look and, at LA. Look how many fucking subcultures there are in LA. 
Yeah, exactly. So like, and, and for, for the longest time, I don't know if this is still true, but America's primary culture was basically pop culture that was exported to the rest of the world. So the, mm. all the images that America and Hollywood and, you know, wall street and all that stuff like projected out onto the world didn't, didn't real like none of that really maps onto your average American. Right. So there really is no default thing for your default American to, yeah. to like associate with. That's why I think a lot of white guys like going to Asia because here they don't know who they are. They don't know what they are, but then they go to Asia and suddenly they embody all of those, <laughs> oh. you know, those cultural <laughs> ideas that have been exported to Japan or whatever, because we're their colonial overlords. And so they, they see, they get these... a, they get a sort of transient boost, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen bridges yeah. of Madison County? Do you know that? No, 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 no. So the story Mer- basically is uh, Meryl Streep plays. Uh, she was an Italian villager and she married an American GI from like Iowa. Yeah. And she saw him as this, she was like taken in by the romance of this idea of like a, an American GI liberator marries yeah. him and then moves to rural Iowa has kids and fucking hates her life. And so the entire, the whole story is about her wow. lifelong regret and how, Oh, here and, comes along, you know, and now uh, a potato farmer. Yeah. And then here comes along, uh, you know, photo journalist, uh, what's his name? Um, Clint Eastwood. And it, you know, and, and then she's, she's tempted to have an affair with him and tell him like, I totally regret coming here because my <laughs> idea of America was totally <laughs> fucking wrong. And Jesus. It's really good. It's actually a really interesting movie, even though it sounds like a that. movie for fogies. It's actually quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I was just in Italy over the summer, and um, I drove around a little bit, which is apparently not common, but I drove through like the Umbrian countryside and Tuscany and all that stuff. Drive? Uh, of, like some kind of Volkswagen stick mm. shift, like little hatchback thing. Polo? Uh, no, it was slightly bigger. It was almost like a crossover. Oh, okay. But oh, okay. anyway, so, but like I was, you know, Italy is a very modern place. It's not like not modern in any sense, yeah. but, um, but I was kind of surprised at how like disconnected from even the rest of Europe it was like, it was totally yes. disconnected. What does that know? mean? Italy has like, a, it has a very low kind of like, well, this might be a symptom, right? But it has a very low, uh, internet usage rate or something like that. For, yeah. 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 What does that mean? Cut off from you? Like, how does that manifest itself? Like I would talk to some Italians and they would have really no idea of what was happening outside of Italy. Like their, their lives were uh, very, very, very like all about Italy. Local. So yeah. So like low internet usage, like these, you know, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of like people on phones on social media and was shit that like nice? That. It was nice. Yeah. I mean, it was part of my vacation or, or a positive part of my vacation for sure. Um, but you know, they get a lot of visitors. So I think they mainly get, information like no i'm not saying that they're that this i mean this sounds like i'm describing country bumpkins or something that's not the case at all mm. but they i think they prefer just getting their interaction from the outside world through like actual physical communicate like you know contact with people still like they don't mm. they don't consume a lot of american or european media they don't you know, it, it's just for, like they have their own. Whereas in America, we're almost obsessed with the, like we don't. We're the opposite. Like we we absolutely don't have our lives yeah. wrapped up in immediate surroundings, and you know, yeah, well, we, the, we don't know the, the our neighbors. Of, we don't. Modern you know. condo is the is a perfect manifestation of this. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You live so close, and yeah. I mean, I, I have to I have to assume that the the physical geography of Italy plays into that because it is a. a, a a peninsula that juts out in the Mediterranean and it's kind of disconnected through a mountain range from the rest of the continent. And also, you know, it is a tourist destination. So there's no like shortage of other people bringing knowledge into the place, but it's just very much. I think they just um, really like being Italian too. Like, like this was not the case in Paris, right? If you go to Paris, it looks like fucking Mm. New York or whatever. But that's it's yeah, Italy's it's just not like that. Did, but did you go to like yeah. Rome or or well? Rome, I, I went uh, to maybe yeah, I went to is Rome. A example. I went to Rome and I went to Siena and I went to Florence and I drove through all the provinces or, or whatever they're called in in between yeah. The, yeah. the two places. Solo or were you with friends? Uh, this was the, uh, for my buddy's fortieth. No, was I like mean for combined... when you were driving. Was it a? Solo? Oh, I was just driving solo. Yeah, that was like a couple day trip. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's like that even in Rome. Like, okay, wait, sorry. Uh, so we had a little technical issue, but we're back. Um, actually, you know what? Maybe we should um, adjourn uh, this part as the free episode, and then we'll. Uh, do you guys have time to finish that out? Finish it out as a bonus, or what's yeah. your? Like? Yeah, I got some time. I got some time. Okay. This is end of part one of a two-part podcast. The second part will be on our Patreon feed. If you haven't already supported us and you want access to bonus content and access to the Discord, go to patreon.com slash planningmag.